Welcome to the Rochester Church of Christ Sermon Podcast. We believe that there is no message more life-changing and more relevant than the gospel. It is our earnest prayer that you will be enriched as a disciple and that you will hear the good news today. Every year, our church family begins uh, our year by diving deep into the story of Jesus. Okay, into the Jesus story. And, and, and we do that on purpose. And so very often as we begin a year, we study through a gospel. Or we study through the Sermon on the Mount. Or we study, uh, as we're doing this time, through these encounters that people have with Jesus. That when they meet Jesus face to face, their life is changed forever. And so, week after week, we've been looking at these stories of people who talk with Jesus face to face, and how that encounter changes their life. And we're going to keep doing that today. Today, we're going to look at someone who has their sight restored, Um, but it's one of the most unique miracles in your Bible. We're going to be in Mark chapter 8, and so if you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 8. Um, And I'm going to read here in just a moment from Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. Uh, and, and, and like I said, this story is very unique, uh, but I remind you of what I said in the welcome. More than any other miracle that Jesus performs, he restores people's sight. It's our tradition to stand for the reading of God's Word, and I know I had you sit down. But now I'm going to have you stand up again as our morning calisthenics. If you're willing and able to stand while we read the Word of God together, I want to recognize the authority of God from Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 22. The Bible says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus puts his his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Heavenly Father, help us see clearly. Mentions no things about faith. There are times in Scripture when they will bring someone to Jesus and he'll say, I see your faith, I see your friend's faith, your faith has healed you. This is not that story. These folks want to see Jesus do the thing. And so they take this blind guy, they bring him to Jesus, and they, it says, beg Jesus to do miracles. It's never stated that this man has faith or that the people have faith, just that they want to see a miracle, which explains Jesus' reaction and what Jesus does. In particular, Jesus is going to touch this guy three times in these brief verses. 
The first time Jesus touches him, look at verse 23. It says that Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. So they, they, the crowd grabs the blind guy. They bring him to Jesus and say, do a miracle. And the first thing Jesus does is grab the blind guy and take him right out of town. Jesus refuses to let this man be made into a spectacle. In fact, even after he heals him, we didn't read verse 26, but he says, hey, don't go back to that village. It's amazing how many of us want to see God work a miracle, but we don't really want to see people. You see, Jesus isn't doing this to meet the expectations of the crowd. Jesus does this to meet the needs of this man. And if you think about it, that first touch where he grabs, he takes him by the hand and he, and he walks him out of town, Jesus is actually building the man's faith by taking his hand and leading him. You see, the first touch pulled the man out of the influence around him. Preach, preacher. The first touch pulls him out of the influence around him. Because sometimes that's the first step. The first touch calls for faith. And this is the question of the first touch. When it says he took him by the hand and he led him outside the village, this is the question. Can you trust Jesus to lead you when you cannot see? Takes him by the hand, leads him out of town. Can you trust Jesus to lead you when you cannot see? Think about leading him out of town. I'll bet you that blind man who's lived in that town for a while probably knows how to get around that town. Jesus takes him out of the town, and now what? Now you have to rely on the person leading you. All right, we're going to have a slide uphill here. I don't know if any of you have ever had the blessing to be able to walk around guiding someone who can't see well. All right, be careful. There's some steps up ahead. Yep, that's the first one. Okay, that's the next one. Okay, now we're back on flat ground. So he has to listen to Jesus. He has to trust Jesus, even when he's in surroundings where he may not be confident. Can you trust Jesus even when you're out of your comfort zone and all you have is his voice and his hand on yours? You notice that it didn't say the man took Jesus' hand. It says Jesus took the man's hand. You see, if he had taken Jesus' hand, he might let go. But I know this about my Jesus from John chapter 10 and verse 28. Nothing can take me out of his hand. And it, 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 it's not that I have a hold on Christ, but that Christ has a hold on me. And my hand may slip, but Christ has a hold on me. And I may fall short, but Christ has a hold on me. And I may doubt, but Christ has a hold on me. And I may struggle, but Christ 
has a hold on me. Amen. Second touch. All right. The second touch is gross. <laughs> it says Jesus spits on his eyes. All right. And then touches him. Now, it could be a shorter way. And you can show him verse 23 again. I'm sorry, I didn't call that one out. But, but it says that, that Jesus spits in his eyes and then he touches him again. And, and when that happens, it could be a shorter way of saying, he had spit on the man's eyes. It could be a shorter way of saying what's said in John 9 where Jesus spit on the ground, made mud, and put, and put the mud on someone's eyes. It could be. I kind of hope so. And, 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 and as you read about this, I've read, I've studied, and I've looked at commentaries. I've looked at a bunch of different things. And they, they will often explain that in this day and age, saliva was considered one of the healer's tools. Gross. And my, my response, here's my actual response, ew. That was it. That was what I, I was reading, and I was like, ew, gross. Uh, so, it's still off-putting. It's still uncomfortable. I guarantee you it's not what that guy was looking for. He got grabbed. They said, do a miracle. Jesus takes him by the hand, leads him out of town. And the next thing you know, Jesus is like, Tuh. and he's like, what was that? Like, this didn't go in the way he planned. I know that. All right, it has gotten uncomfortable for him, which leads to the second question. If the question of the first touch was, can you trust God where he leads you where you can't understand? The second touch, all right, asks this question. Can you trust God when it's uncomfortable? When the way to healing, the way to get better is really uncomfortable, and it's not what you expected at all, can you still trust God when what he does is unexpected, when what he does makes you squirm a little bit? Now, at the end of verse 23 and end of verse 24, when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus said, do you see anything? Which reads a little bit like, did it work? Right, I, like, I, because when he, okay, the guy answers in verse 24, uh, well, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. And Jesus says, how do you know what trees look like? <clears throat> no, that's not what he says. <clears throat> but Jesus kind of starts and he says, all right, did that work? And the guy's like, sort of. This is one of the things that makes this a really unique story, by the way. He sees something, but he doesn't see distinctly. This miracle is the only miracle of Jesus's in Scripture that is progressive in nature. That is, it comes in stages. <clears throat> it's not like the two guys in Matthew 9 who get asked a question, and then he touches them, and boom, they can see. It's not like the guy in John 9 who was born blind, but, Simon, or, but Jesus rubbed mud on his eyes and then made him go wash in Siloam, and then boom, he could see. 
So, all right, if I have to learn from this, Kenny, what if, and I'm, not just, I'm just talking out loud here, what if this means that each miracle is unique? That I may have to make peace with the idea that sometimes God will do one thing in Bert's life, but do a different thing in Patty's life. That, that the miracles are not always done the same way because Jesus doesn't treat us all the same. He healed some with a word, some with a touch, some with a glance, some with an action, and some even from great distances. And a step in spiritual growth occurs when I say, God, you are allowed to treat me differently than you have treated my neighbor. I trust you. This is so much harder than it sounds. Why is my child still sick, but theirs healed? Why is my marriage still troubled, but theirs is better? Why did I not get the promotion, but they did? Why am I still waiting when others already got it? Why am I being told no, but others are being told yes? It's almost like one night you go fish and you catch nothing, but the next day the nets are filled to breaking. One night you're in prison and an angel comes and sets you free. Another night you're in prison and an earthquake happens and sets you free. And another night you're in prison and you die there. Some days I feel God working in me. Other days I wonder if God is still up there. You see, our God is infinitely creative in the ways that God deals with us to bring us to spiritual maturity. There are bright days and dark nights, and both are from the Lord. Boy, that's a sermon right there. There are bright days and dark nights, and both are from the Lord. So here's what I think is going on. I don't think that Jesus does the thing and then goes, does that work? I don't think Jesus does, I don't think Jesus has to try again because he didn't quite get it right the first time. I think what's happening in this story is that Jesus is what he's been doing since the first touch where he started leading him along. Jesus is leading this man along and 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 and, and I think Jesus is building the man's faith. I know this, his blindness wasn't too tough for Jesus to heal. Jesus is building this man's faith, which leads me to the third question of the can you's. Can you trust God even when it takes time? When it takes more time than you wanted it to take, than you thought it would take, or than it took for other folks. When it's gradual, can you trust God? When you have to wait... Can you trust God?
Can I, can I go one step deeper? In this context, we find out it is possible to see someone and not see clearly. It is possible to see someone and not see clearly. Mark 8 begins with the feeding of the 4,000. I didn't say 5,000. I said 4,000. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, talk to Brian. His gospel's class will straighten that right up. Immediately after that, the Pharisees come and argue with Jesus. Jesus leaves in a boat with his disciples and immediately tells them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That's what he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now the disciples think he's talking about bread. That makes some sense because he just fed 4,000 people a whole bunch of bread. And then the Pharisees come and yell and he gets in a boat and he's like, man, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. And they're like, okay, bread. He's back on the bread thing. Got it. He's all about bread. Got it. He rebukes them in verse 18 saying, having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? Do you not remember? He says, hold on. Y'all are seeing me and yet you don't see clearly. How can you have been with me this long and still not see it? I'm not talking about bread. It is possible to have eyes and yet not see very clearly. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, we see through a mirror dimly or a glass darkly or as Eugene Peterson puts it in the message, squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. It is possible to have sight but lack vision. Proverbs 2019 says, without vision, people perish. Without vision, people perish. It is possible to have sight, but lack vision. It's possible to see someone, but not see clearly. Can I, can I go another step deeper? There's, there's this interesting thing that happens in this text. This man, when Jesus touches him, says, I can see people, but they look like trees. I, I, I see people, but they look like trees. This man couldn't see people without thinking they look like trees. And yet Jesus is surrounded by disciples who see people but can't see the tree that he is headed towards. It turns out that everyone in the story has a vision that is out of focus. And life out of focus is dangerous. We're so spiritual at church. 
but so carnal at home. We are strong at worship, but weak at work. Do you understand? You can kill your future by living out of focus. People kill their future by living out of focus. They take jobs they shouldn't take. They get into and stay in relationships they shouldn't be in. They do things they shouldn't because they are living out of focus. And here's the thing, they won't admit it. They won't say, I see people, but they kind of look like trees. Instead, they sound a lot like Pharisees saying, no, we see everything clearly. And Jesus says, that's how I know you're blind. Kenny, go ahead and bring your team up. I've wondered about this text. What if what heals this man is not only faith, but honesty? This man didn't put on an act. He honestly said, I see, but not clearly. And his honesty gave him the sight that he never had. Now, our own spiritual perception is clouded. And it becomes clearer gradually, but spiritual growth is not instant usually. But even though it's not instant, it's still growth. Slow and steady, grace-filled growth. Becoming clearer and clearer the longer we stay with and trust the one who has touched our life. Don't panic because right now you are not where you think you ought to be. Focus yourself on being led, on being stretched in uncomfortable ways. Focus yourself on being honest. Focus yourself on the way that God is leading you. Take the next step of faith. Okay, Rochester Church is a church that is absolutely committed to helping people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus. So much so, that's the mission statement we put on the, on the website. We're asking you, trust, trust, trust Jesus and take the next step. Let Jesus continue to lead you. Don't give up because you feel like you're lacking spiritual progress. Be honest with yourself about your blindness, your cloudiness, your lack of character. And it is difficult, I know, to admit our weaknesses, but it is essential. Trust Jesus that he's bringing something good out of you. Ask Jesus, will you touch my life again? In verse 25, he touches him a third time, and it says, Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, 
His eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. The question I have for you today is, are you willing to ask Jesus for one more touch? We sincerely thank you for listening and pray that you were blessed today. To learn more about Rochester Church of Christ, to support our ministry, or to contact us with any prayer needs you may have, head over to www.rochestercoc.org. Remember, you are loved and chosen.